0: I say. business today. Hello and welcome to Books the Podcast, the only podcast about books. I am your host, the Micro Machine Man, Tim.
1: <laughs> I'm Tom.
0: And we are booksmen and micro machine men. Uh I wish. Yeah. That guy talks so fast, that arrogant prick. Um,
1: (laughs) Jeez.
0: That guy, that fast-talking guy from the 80s was so arrogant.
1: Yeah, you've sent me... uh, People don't know about this. Tim has sent me YouTube clips where he's like, look at how arrogant the Micro Machines fast-talking guy is. I'm like, Tim, I watch a lot of garbage on YouTube. I don't need to... I don't care if he was arrogant or not. And honestly, <laughs> Mike, he had a reason things, to be though. arrogant. Like keep you awake at night.
0: Talk real fast.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, back in the eighties, that was a marketable skill.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true.
1: Tom, it was I was the would weird like... thing about they, I feel like they, uh, muddied their marketing with micro machines where it's like, micro-machines are very small cars and boats and helicopters. And, and here trucks. To emphasize, and here to emphasize that point is a man who talks fast. And it's like, well, no, it's not that micro-machines are fast. It's that they're small.
0: Yeah, but like whenever you hear an ant talk in a cartoon, they're all like, me, 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 me.
1: I think it was just, hey, here's a neat thing. We've got a guy who could talk real fast.
0: He went in there and he sweet-talked them. He didn't know what they were saying, what he was saying, and then he he pressured them into signing an endorsement deal. And the rest is history.
1: Well, and then they uh, subsequently uh, bamboozled us into buying cars, little cars, uh, you know, a quarter of the size of the Matchbox cars we were used to. So think about the kind of money they were saving. Yeah, but think because of... I don't think micro machines were that much cheaper. I guess they were. They probably. were. I guess were. it was like a whole pack.
0: Yeah, and also don't forget how they thwarted the wet bandits.
1: That's true. We played a major. I just role. remember my my little brother had a Back to the Future micro machine set that was awesome, and Back to the Future too. So it was all the future cars. It's pretty neat.
0: That is cool. Yeah, Back to the Future. Uh... Set would have been like, hey, check out this 57 Chevy, which also probably would have been pretty cool. I like muscle yeah, cars. Yeah, but that's
1: like, you know what? You can get those other places. You can't get futuristic cars other places.
0: No, you have to go to the future or Toys R Us and buy the the Micro Machines Back to the Future 2 set. Tom, we are yeah. recording this remotely due to um, mm-hmm. COVID-19. Um, yeah, Do you want to I,
1: explain what that is to the people who haven't heard about it?
0: Um, no, you can Google it. It's C-O-V-I-D-1-9. Um, it's caused by 5 hey, whatever happened to... Mastermind Co- by Bill Gates. <laughs> Ultimately, they just want to put microchips into all of us. Um, but until right. they ready that, they had to put oh, up the theater... I-
1: What's that? I was under the impression they wanted to put micro-machines into all of us. I thought that's why we were talking about that.
0: Tom, if they were going to put micro-machines into all of us, (laughs) everybody would be banging down the doors like, let's get this thing over with. I want to, I can't wait. I can't wait for this.
1: I thought this was a QAnon-style thing where we would talk about micro-machines a lot. And then people would read between the lines and realize, oh, they want to... What Tim and Tom are trying to tell people is they want to put micro-machines into us, the Illuminati.
0: Tom, I don't like to joke about QAnon because (laughs) I think all that stuff ends very tragically and badly.
1: Um, Yes, for, for everyone involved. For
0: everybody Um, so all I was going to say is we have a poor connection over FaceTime, uh, which is how we record this. And we look one day we'll do a real behind the scenes look. That might be a good Patreon thing, right? How we're, I don't know
1: how interesting it would be.
0: Um, don't people want to know how hot it is in in the room that I'm recording in?
1: <laughs> uh, well, you know what? That is something people are used to from the normal episodes. you complaining about how hot it is y- in my apartment. You're
0: also complaining in, in those old episodes as well. The summertime well, for a complete guide is just <laughs> 80% us complaining about how hot it is in a room. Yeah, And people well, love it.
1: No, I think last year we realized like, you know what? The mics don't pick up the AC that much.
0: Yeah, well, I don't have an AC in the, in in my office where I record this stuff,
1: Yeah, well, you're in a new home, so yeah. You had you had to move. Uh, you said you moved because it's the same building you think JFK Jr. is living in. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I move? That's where I'd be the safest. To the building oh, where he's... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, Tim, we we saw each other for the first time in four months in person this weekend.
0: Yeah, which was bizarre. We saw each other and, and uh, some of our other friends, and it wasn't... I wouldn't say it was emotional,
1: but it was we got together. Well, to set the stage, we got together uh, in a pool, in Prospect Park, um, <laughs> all like having chicken fights, uh, roughhousing and, and above ground pool. That was about, I don't know, five or six feet in diameter. Yeah, just really uh, living it up.
0: A lot of a lot of coughing, a lot of sneezing,
1: <laughs> but it's fine. The chlorine takes care of it um no we we got together in prospect park for the fourth of july because new york city is in uh, at least compared to the rest of the country a pretty good place right now because we got scared yeah because at least for the time being we got the shit scared out of us and people are taking it serious yeah uh i'm already seeing signs of that waning uh, the the seriousness with which people are taking this. But we got together in Prospect Park. We were all at, at the very least six feet apart, probably further. It, it was very inconvenient because you could really only talk to, like, the two people on either side. Uh, however... Uh, that was talking to the two people on either side was way more than I've ever talked to in the past four months.
0: Yeah. And it was, uh, like I said, it wasn't emotional, but there was something about like, oh, wow. Maybe it was a little emotional. Just being like, I, haven't yeah, I don't seen think these anybody
1: people. necessarily showed it, but it, but it felt yeah, that way.
0: Just, I think as it dawned on everybody, it's like, oh, I haven't. See, Like, we've seen each other on screens. You and I have talked. Right. I've still maintained the record for the last 11 years that I've (laughs) talked by... I've said by far more words to you than anybody else in my life. And that has remained true over the last four months.
1: (laughs) I mean, at this this point, I'm just running up the scoreboard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because you're not talking to anybody.
0: No. But, I mean, it, we talk more been, than I talk with my wife for the rest of the week.
1: Well, it's been, what, four months since you've exchanged words with your wife?
0: Yeah, I mean, she took that vow of silence. I've been trying to shake her out of it. but
1: Literally, which I disagree with. Well, I've been with. shaking
0: the hell out of her.
1: <laughs> Tim, are you, have you, is she
0: okay? Yeah, she's fine. a little shaken up.
1: <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was, a, it was a, a a weird thing and a nice thing to just hang out in a park.
0: Yeah, and I could tell that we were all into it because like, we met at, like, 11 a.m. What did we leave at, 7 or 8? We we hung out for, like, almost nine hours.
1: Uh, I left before you did. I don't know how long you uh, stayed after me.
0: Yeah, but it was just kind of like everybody was like, we've got nothing else to do, and this is probably the nicest time i've had in
1: the last four months i'll tell you this i biked uh about a mile and a half to get there um because it was like in the middle of prospect park which was great because it was a little less crowded than like the edges and uh i biked there a mile and a half drank five beers and then biked back and uh died uh, Yeah, after like biking, after biking three miles when I've barely done anything, and then uh, having a few beers when like I can't have more than a few beers normally now, my tolerance is nothing. Uh, And then being out in the sun, which I have not been very often, like I was goddamn bad beat by the time i got home like i was like oh it's eight o'clock time for bed
0: <laughs> yeah what did i do i came home and i think i watched a movie i don't know oh no i went i went and got burritos in williamsburg tom i was i was a maniac that day
1: wow yeah reckless
0: reckless anyway tom last week uh, i finished reading i am the legend by Richard Matthewson. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh-huh. I enjoyed the yeah. book. It's your favorite mm-hmm. book. It's my second favorite book. Um,
1: <laughs> What's your favorite? Oh, it's the Bible. No, it's Tuesdays it? with Maury. <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: well, it's a tie. Yeah, I guess this is my third favorite book. It's a tie between Tuesdays with Maury and the five people you meet in heaven.
1: Well, I mean, either way, it's pretty impressive that a book I finally got you to read two weeks ago you're now saying is your third favorite book.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you you bought me that book um a couple of years ago. You've been you've been I remember you were telling me about it since two thousand seven when the movie I am legend came out. Um and mm-hmm. you were like, You'll never read this book, so I'll give away the ending and you told me the ending. Um but uh I finished reading that and then we we're like all right well you'll go read, you'll go watch the omega man Yeah I'll watch and I, I am legend
1: like, I'm a big Will Smith fan I mean I am legend I I think we said the last week it's like 161 pages which I feel like you're somebody that is a a big proponent of short movies mm-hmm And there's a short book and, and we're both pretty big Stephen King fans and he is heavily influenced by Richard Matheson. Uh, but ironically Richard Matheson, most of his books are pretty short. Yeah. So it's kind of like, Oh, you get like that Stephen King thing, even more concentrated in a pretty short book. That is
0: true. I will say this time while I do prefer short movies, I think I prefer longer books. I think I like novels where you can, where there's some sprawl to them, where you can, uh, I think, uh, I think that's a benefit of the medium where it's like, hey, you have the, you have the leeway to, you don't have to like keep things to like, hey, let's, let's focus on the protagonist here and see this one person's journey. You can really just uh, take a lot of, uh, go into a lot of cul-de-sacs, a lot of uh, tangents. That's true. That said, uh, I don't know, I really liked I Am Legend, the book, so maybe maybe I like both types of books,
1: short and long. <laughs> no, there's no way you could like both types. You have to like one and hate the yeah. other. Yeah,
0: all right, cool. I, uh, Tom, uh, it turns re- out I hated that book.
1: This reminded me... Uh, Two of uh, have you watched Lock and Key on Netflix? I have not. That is a
0: um, Joe Hill adaptation.
1: A, a Joe Hill joint. Yeah, Joe Hill is it's Stephen King's
0: ad- son. Who I son. love his books. I've never read any of his graphic yes. novels, but um, it's like my secret shame. Like uh, well. Uh, I, I can't think of the name of one of them, but I've read them all, and and I, I like them. Nosferatu, yeah, the fireman. I, yeah, both of those I enjoyed. I even enjoyed Horns a little bit less, but
1: yeah, um, uh, yeah. Joe Hill is a fantastic novelist and uh, wrote uh, the graphic novel Lock and Key, which I haven't read, but I watched a Netflix series, which I think he was like fairly involved in. And uh, I highly recommend uh, Lock and Key. Strangely enough, like uh, my mom got real into Lock and Key. Really? Yeah, which like I would have never expected, but she really liked it. But um, one of the things they changed uh, from the uh, graphic novel to the uh, Netflix adaptation is instead of uh, going. I think it was the name of the town, but I just remember the high school that in the graphic novel, it's Lovecraft High School. But in the uh, Netflix, it's Matheson High Mm. School and it's Richard Matheson. That's who it's paying homage to. Right. That's cool. The reason I
0: didn't watch Lock and Key is because the little clip that they show in the preview in Netflix looked like the cheesiest thing I've ever seen. And everybody acts crazy in it. It's a little kid that goes up to a mirror and, like, sees that, like, the mirror leads to another land or whatever. Yeah, And then, presumably, his mother walks in and is like, what is that trick you're doing with the mirror? Oh, dear. And then she, like, gets sucked into the mirror. And I was like, what kind of maniac? Like, they, they... like, I'm a Joe <laughs> Hill fan, and this was insane-looking enough that I was like, well, I'm going to stay away from that.
1: Yeah, th- that is weird that they—I kind of get why they would use that, but I feel like that doesn't happen until, like, a few episodes yeah. in. Like, the, the first episode— seemed
0: really weird, and, like, I, there was something about the pacing of it that was just like, was this made by children? What's happening?
1: Yeah. No, the first episode is like pretty subdued and it, it it gets into the weird stuff in a fairly organic way, I feel like. Yeah. There's still going to be some parts where you're yelling at the TV like why you saw this insane thing happen? Why would you still doubt things? Yeah. But
0: Yeah. Hey, what are you going to do? But uh, hey, what about the Nosferatu anyway. um adaptation? I really liked that book. And I know it's been a show on AMC. I've just had no desire to watch it whatsoever. Weird, right? Has that weird looking guy in it, though. Who's that? Um, I think he's from one of the uh, Star Trek movies. <laughs> um,
1: uh, Ke- William Shatner?
0: No. Zachary Quinto.
1: Oh, okay. Kinto. Well, he's in Nosferatu.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean.
1: Oh, is that what you said before? Yeah. Oh, right. Yes, Nosferatu. Anyway, I thought you meant an adaptation of like that original movie.
0: Oh. Uh, anyway, let's get it. That's not what we're talking Tom, do about. Do you want to do Omega Man first, or do you want to do uh, I Am Legend?
1: I want to hear what you have to say, what you thought of I Am Legend before I get into The Omega Man.
0: Tom, the only reason I agreed to watch this movie, I Am Legend, is because I saw that it was one hour and 41 minutes long. And I figured Mm. there's going to be a lot of CGI in this, from what I understand.
1: So, which do you like? Which you think is very nope. cool? Nope. So
0: that the closing credits were probably going to be at <laughs> oh, least mostly five to seven minutes long, which means that this clocks in at like maybe one thirty-three, one thirty-four, right? Uh, an hour thirty-three, an well, hour thirty-four.
1: So ironically, I thought the same thing. Not obviously, not the same thing about CGI, but uh, watching the Omega Man, where I was like. When there was like a half hour left, I was like, well, there's like 20 minutes left. There's going to be 10 minutes of credits. <laughs> and like oh, 1971,
0: no. they had like 30 <laughs> seconds at most of credits are like, here's the director. Here's most of the cast the main guys. And <laughs> right. uh, that's about it. We don't need to tell you the rest.
1: Yeah, the credits legitimately were, I think, maybe a minute long, maybe less than a minute long. Like, yeah, it was just like, you saw, you know, everybody who you recognize from this movie.
0: Um, yeah. So, Tom, I'll tell you, I reluctantly put it on and I was like, eh, you know, this isn't my kind of movie. And I knew that it differed from the book, which I liked. And I was like, eh, they're going to Hollywood it up. This isn't my style
1: no will S- will Smith, oh, you're not big Willie style, that's not your style I do like will Smith um I do like him too, but I feel like he's one of the most notorious like hey, rewrite this movie so that I'm a good guy, yeah,
0: and that's very clearly what happened with this movie
1: but and i
0: was I was expecting that right I'm turn it on. And five minutes in, I'm just like, this is, this is wonderful. And like, he's the first, what, half hour, 40 minutes of the movie is just him at like three years after the the plague has killed all of mankind. Just going around New York City, which this does not resemble the book in any way, shape or form, other than the fact that like, there was a virus, kind of. Yes. I thought it was cool that like it was a, a virus that uh they were uh that was supposed to cure cancer and wound up just killing everybody.
1: Um Oh right, yeah, because there's a, a bit in the beginning with uh with what's her name? Famous uh, lady, dame uh, <laughs> She's not a dame. She is but, she is uh, a dame. Tim, I I'm not gonna trust that you know dames. Was it Kate Blanchett? Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Okay. And
0: yeah. she is a dame. You, goddamn son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Um, and yeah, so I mean, she's she's a cameo. She's uncredited in it.
1: Oh, I didn't. I didn't realize. Yeah,
0: and it's just archive footage of her, like doing a news interview, like "Yeah, we cured cancer
1: as as like an expert." Yeah, yeah. it's
0: not her. It's not like Emma Thompson cured cancer. (laughs) Like (laughs) Thompson as herself. That would be really cool, actually. (laughs) Um, That'd be a weird, a weird little twist. Um, And then it kills everybody. And then it's just New York, overgrown and completely empty. And Will Smith driving around with a German Shepherd. Uh, trying to hunt deer, then a lion comes and and hunts the deer, but like just some really cool shots. It's really, the sound design was incredible. Mm -hmm. Like uh, there was, there was no music, um, and very little dialogue, obviously just Will Smith talking to a dog once in a while. So just like incredible sound design, like really cool shots um i have like a little bit of a bias of as a new yorker but like they went around not just to times square but just to like other places around it's like hey i recognize these places these are the places that i've been like a little bit of like oh wow that's cool to see it like this um empty and like overgrown um it was awesome and tom do you know about my movie book no, I keep a movie book. I keep a log of all the 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 movies that I've been watching, and it, with a letter grade. And I was like, okay. "This might be a straight up A. This might be a, oh, a, a j- rare just ba- A."
1: Just based on the the visuals,
0: based on the visuals and the way, the pacing, and the and the and I just I
1: loved everything about this movie. Um well it's interesting looking looking uh the director was uh Francis Lawrence directed one of and, my
0: least favorite movies of all time
1: which Constantine. is Constantine <laughs> You know there are a lot of rumors that uh uh, Warner Brothers is trying to get uh, uh, Keanu Reeves back as Constantine, <sighs> as John Con- Constantine in uh, Justice League Dark, which is uh, uh, going to be, I think, an HBO Max series from J.J. Abrams. I'm just you saying that. I fell asleep. <laughs> but I'm just looking at his credits and it's all, not all, but heavily, um, music videos, music yeah. videos. Yeah. And then the hunger games, he, movies, right. All the sequels. He didn't do the first one, but he did the next three. Right. Um, so yeah, visually, um, yeah. I mean, that's always been my thing with, uh, with, uh, uh, Zack Snyder. Where it's like, no, visually, he's really good. It's just he does not know how to tell a story well,
0: yeah, um yeah, will Smith was great in this. I think like they they illustrated that he was a guy keeping sane or as sane as possible by just having a rigid routine as much as possible yeah um,
1: he wasn't he wasn't a great robert neville if you compare it to the book but if you make robert neville a uh uh because he's like an army scientist right he's an
0: army scientist and there are flashbacks to um the the virus taking over which i think would have been less effective if i wasn't if I hadn't been quarantined for the last four months because of a virus and <laughs> right. fearing for the health and safety of my my family and loved ones, um, but that mm-hmm. like really um, w- was was compelling to me. Whereas, like I think if I saw this movie a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have thought so.
1: Yeah, where where yeah, his his number one goal in the beginning or or in the flashbacks is to protect his family. Yeah. Um, he does, yeah, he does a good job playing a version of Robert Neville that is an army scientist that was already educated about these kinds of things. And it, and kind of goes, kind of falls back to his army training of like, nope, I have a routine, I have a regimen, and I'm strict about that.
0: Yeah, but
1: I do think it was cool in that. And that's all that's keeping me sane. Yeah,
0: and they didn't write the character as like. Hey all American Joe who's gonna come in and um, save everybody he, they right. wrote him as a man on the brink of a breakdown with a maniacal fixation on the fact that like no, I can I have to fix this. I have to cure yeah. this. I have to save the world and if he does not if he does anything less than that. He will completely fall apart. Like, he's, he's, like, I do think.
1: Yeah, it's as the much as they've written
0: him as a, as a, he, as a quote unquote hero, they've more written him as a man on the brink. And, like, yeah. And spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it, but uh, his, his companion, Sam, the dog, a German shepherd, you really, mm. really uh, get to, you get invested uh. in their. Yeah, in the relationship, and then obviously, you know, the turning point is going to be when Sam dies, and then, you know,
1: well, it's that Sam gets infected, and he has to snap his neck yeah. to kill him, um which is yeah, that that scene is very good acting from Will Smith.
0: Yeah. Oh, I think he's phenomenal. It's, it's very movie. emotional. I think he's yeah, he's brilliant in this movie. And then as soon as that happens, then he kind of like goes off the deep end and like tries to, he goes out at night to, to confront the, they're not vampires, but they are zombie. They're like, zo- but, yeah, they are, very, but they are, but they can't it's, come it's out during the moving, day.
1: Yeah. Fast moving zombies that can't come out except at yeah. night. Is so he tries to
0: mow them down with his car. And then the movie just goes off the fucking rails in the third act. <laughs> Tom, this was going to be an A in my movie book. <laughs> it wound up not an A minus, not a B plus. I think a solid B. Okay. Um. But like, uh, he find uh, another survivor comes. A woman. Uh, I don't know this. Uh, this actress Alice Braga. I don't know what she's uh, in. I- I, and I, I'm not well versed in like, 21st century like i know i know Will Smith cuz i know him from stuff from the 90s
1: yeah i feel like in the especially in the 2000s there were like a lot of um like actors and actresses that it was like oh this person that i feel like studios were like we're going to pluck this person out put him in a big movie and see if they get a big response yeah. and then if they don't it's not like their career's over but they're going to go back to like smaller budget and tv things. yeah
0: i will say the first it seems that the first feature length movie that she was in was city of god which is a really incredible movie right
1: um, well and that also makes sense that it's like uh uh, directors seeing smaller movies and being like, "Oh, this person's great. Let me pluck them." Yeah, <laughs> they're going to get paid twenty times what they got paid for that movie to to have like a a small role in this.
0: Yeah, and I don't think there... Uh, her. She was. I think she was good in it, but I just think it was they that that's when they started to to kind of betray the the vibe of the, of the movie and kind of zoom out and then it turned into a standard kind of action movie thing yeah um, will smith had had caught ingeniously one of the dark seekers um which is mm-hmm. the zombie vampire thing and was doing tests on her um and the zombies break into his apartment which is on washington square park and here's the thing. He has a, a, a three story apartment right on Washington Square Park.
1: Yeah, like a townhouse.
0: A townhouse. Which he is a former military man, a scientist or whatever. It was never explained what his wife did, I don't think, in the movie. Um But in the in the, in the the present day, the twenty twelve, after, you know, while he's alone, you see uh all famous artwork from New York, New York museums in his oh, house yeah, that he's like, taken. yeah. And that's, 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 that's a gag that they actually reused in, uh, the last man on earth, I think. But, um, oh, okay. but it's, it's a, it's a really good gag. But yeah, I was thinking like, Oh, he must've just found the nicest real estate in New York to, to set up headquarters. Pull up in, yeah. But then they show like, his daughter's room is in there with everything still set up. So it's like, did these people live in a $35 million townhouse on Washington <laughs> square park on a military man's salary? What's what like, yeah. Anyway, that that's a, that's a minor. Well,
1: hey, what was this guy involved in that he could afford that kind of a yeah. place? Is this a Jeffrey <laughs> Epstein situation? Yeah,
0: maybe he <laughs> deserves what he gets. And so anyway, um, The zombies come um, And attack him when uh, This woman and and Her son are in his house and He pulls out a grenade and blows Them all up along with himself He martyrs himself to save Them but he Found he found the serum That would that would cure Them and he gave it to The woman before um, Before he blew Himself up and then she found a colony And But the original ending Mm. was that as the zombies are attacking him, trying to he realizes they're just there to get
1: the woman woman that he he was the the woman
0: zombie that he had captured and was doing the tests on, and he gives it back to them and Mm. tearfully apologizes and you know the, the main aggro leader like gets every all the other all the other zombies to leave and it is kind of like the book it's not exactly like the book but it's just like oh no these things have humanity and um you know they have their own thing going on and i've been going in and fucking with them and that's why they've been fucking with me
1: yeah, yeah, it gets at the at the core of what the of what the story is really about. Yeah,
0: and I watched that that alternate ending on YouTube, and I was like, that would have put it up to a B plus in my movie book, Tom.
1: <laughs> well, I bet if the filmmaker knew that that's what was at stake,
0: yeah, Tom. The, as it stands, ol- it is tied with the Bling Ring at uh, just solid B. You
1: ever see the Bling Ring? I haven't seen The Bling Ring. Um, Yeah, it's a very weird ending for no other reason than uh, ending it that way wouldn't have been as definitive if they wanted to make a sequel, which I feel like, you know, even even uh, back when this movie came out, that's all Hollywood was about. Uh, Which I which I did think when when I saw the original movie. It was weird that uh that Will Smith died at the end especially because what we were talking about with Will Smith and and you know actors of that caliber they're like no 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 I'm always the good guy even when I'm the bad guy I'm the good guy. Right. Uh Tim, I watched The Omega Man <laughs> which was a very different movie. Was it uh, 1971? Star- 1971 starring Charlton Heston. Ooh. Uh, and I yeah this movie was something else where does it take uh, place so it takes place in Los Angeles Okay, where did the book take place I'm not sure if it was ever I think it specified. might have been
0: LA it was definitely more LA than it was New York
1: okay I always got the impression at least that the book took place in the suburbs hmm. like like. Firmly like I always imagine the book as being a, a very suburban book like hey here's like one of the first times we we really see it in pop culture of hey here's the suburbs during an apocalypse here's how the suburbs would deal with it um, so yeah it's Charlton uh, the movie credits it only says based on a book by Richard Matheson, not based on the book I Am mm-hmm. Legend. It's like based on a book. Look it up. Uh, <laughs> although, which I is was ironic because
0: impre- it was definitely harder to look things up.
1: <laughs> oh right, yeah, uh, yeah. You would have to go to the library mm-hmm. and be like, "Well, here is all the books he wrote. I'll have to figure out which I'll one." I'll read this them movie all is. and
0: see which one matches roughly matches the movie I saw.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because uh, they have different titles. Uh, but I was impressed just because uh, I Am Legend is viewed as an impressive movie because of uh, them clearing out Times Square to shoot scenes. Mm. Uh, I was impressed in this. There are like helicopter shops, heli- helicopter shots in 70s, uh, early 70s Los Angeles, where it's completely deserted and like, it's very believable. And these are helicopter shots where you're seeing like multiple blocks. So I was very impressed with like, no, I a hundred percent buy that. This is post-apocalyptic. Nobody's it's out. It's pre CG. Yeah, exactly. They couldn't get rid of like, Oh, that guy came out of his, uh, home or business. And now we need to edit him out. It was like, no, we have, You know, a helicopter up, everybody stay inside, and somehow they pulled it off. Mm -hmm. Um, Although, the one thing I very much did not like about this movie is it's extremely obvious that Charlton Heston was like, in this version of the story, uh, Robert Neville has a lot of guns. Cool. (laughs) He goes out with a machine gun all the time, and he just randomly machine guns You know the, the other people. The man
0: loved guns. If Michael Moore taught did, me nothing else, it's that he uh, wanted it pried from his cold, dead hands.
1: Did they did pry a guns. gun from
0: his hand when he died? I don't know if
1: he had a gun in his hands. That's a good question.
0: They should have put one in there and then pried it from them and
1: been like, <laughs> yeah, you said we could. Well, you know who who and his family would want to do that. You have. To I think ask. it'd
0: be fair game. I think uh, <laughs> anyone yeah, could just come show up, and up to the it. wake and be like, "Hey, can I put this gun in his hand and pry it out?" He said. <laughs> he famously said, "I could." This,
1: <laughs> these were his wishes. <laughs> um, it's interesting to me. There are multiple. I'm. I'm going to give a brief synopsis of this movie. Uh, so we don't go too long but uh uh there are multiple scenes in this movie where he is gratuitously topless and and i was surprised when i looked up that he was 46 because i would have guessed he was closer to 60 based on his physique yeah Uh, well the 70s were different yeah and that's the thing like in some of the shots i'm like oh he doesn't look bad in that and then and to be clear in all of the shots he looked better than i would without a shirt on but i am not a hollywood actor (laughs) so it was kind of surprising to see a lot of the shots where i'm like oh he kind of looks like shit from that angle like his skin looks all loose and stuff um but, but a lot of topless scenes. I think from women
0: him. found that attractive at the time. Loose skin, loose skin. I'm in want. is what they said.
1: <laughs> that was the saying of the yeah. times. There's a little bit of a hint to the book stuff where he uh, he flips a car and he has to go get a new car, so he goes into uh, like a dealership and there's a pinup calendar, but for some reason it's like a drawn pinup count it's not uh an actual photograph but he kind of does a like Ugh, like i'm so horny and like takes it down like ah, i can't look at that i'm too horny uh and then he taught he pretend talks to a dealer and then you know takes one of the cars yeah.
0: in in um, i am legend the the movie that takes place in a video store which was the most unbelievable thing about that movie it's like
1: oh yeah i remember that like he's picking out you know videos to watch when it's like "Ah, wouldn't you have done that on like i don't know the first day just been like i'll take all the videos i want to see uh he goes to a movie theater and watches is so the actually let me say this first i feel like the movie i am legend heavily takes from the omega man really That it's more a modern day adaptation of Omega Man than it is of the book I Am Legend. So along those lines, him going to a blockbuster in this movie, he goes to uh, a movie theater and puts on... Uh, the, the Woodstock movie, like the original Woodstock movie,
0: which at that point was like what a year or two old.
1: Yeah. It was very new. I think, so this movie came out in 71, but it takes place, I think around 77 because like the last calendars are 75 and later they say it's been happening for two years. Uh, but it's weird because I can't tell if he, he, Charlton, Charlton Heston the whole time is watching this movie with just like a look of disgust on his face, which is what I'd imagine. I don't think he
0: was a good enough actor to hide the, his disdain for the hippies. Him just being right. like, even if the director kept coming up to him and being like, no, no, this is something that you're, that you, the is watching for comfort. He'd be like, oh, he's fucking dirty, mud-caked hippies.
1: Yeah. Uh um, I'll shoot so... him
0: dead with my gun. <laughs> right. So then also in I Am in... Legend, uh, Will Smith's character really likes the movie Shrek.
1: <laughs> Is
0: that true? Yeah, he, he recites um, Shrek, like a whole scene of... Both Shrek and Donkey's dialogue along with it.
1: Oh, okay. So that's taken from this movie then, because he mouths along with like what some hippie's saying in the Woodstock ah. movie. Where I'm trying to figure out like, does he agree with this hippie who's just like obviously high and talking about how everybody should love each other? And I'm like, nah, I think he just watch it a bunch. Uh, He goes into a a mall and he's like looking at clothes and talking to himself. He like dumps clone on himself, which I'm not sure why. (laughs) And then he hears a noise and he turns around and he's like, oh, it's nothing. But then he looks closer and it's like, well, there's a bunch of mannequins. But then there's also a woman just standing very still pretending to be a mannequin.
0: They do that in I Am Legend also.
1: Oh really? Will Smith okay, sets up mannequins
0: part. in the video store. Oh, and then right, yeah. Went, and talks and to talks them and yeah. talks to them, interacts with them to, you know, a man barely keeping it together. And then when right. the zombies um set a trap for him, which they learned from the trap that he set to catch a zombie to yeah. to bait him, they took one of the zo- the, the mannequins oh, and put it somewhere yeah. else. And as he's driving by, he sees the mannequin um, in front of Grand Central Station, but the way they shot it, they put somebody in makeup and had them slightly move. And I went back and watched so, yeah. that a hundred times, and I was just like, that is the most amazing choice they made um, in the whole right. movie. Because like you see it slightly, the head slightly turn, and you're just like, I think it was meant to probably both in the Omega man and in I am legend to be like, this guy is kind of descending into madness. Like it is a mannequin, but you're seeing what he's seeing. Like,
1: no, that's what he's looking at. It. He's looking at her for a while. Like, wait, am I completely nuts? Like I'm, that looks (laughs) like, and you're seeing what he's looking at. And it's like, no, that's very clearly a person, but you get that. He's like, I can see that's a person, but oh shit. I've completely gone off the deep end. <laughs> uh but it was a person. Uh he chases her. He doesn't he doesn't find her. At one point he says balls, which I thought was funny. I put a note for that. Balls, he says. Um uh yeah. So he he like eventually catches up with the and lady. Uh, whose name is Lisa? Is she in the book? Mm, no, she's be- she's a substitute for the woman that he finds. Yeah, I forget her name. That's pretending to, to not be infected, right? Uh, but she's like a. It's almost. Om- it's a weird kind of like. It almost feels at first like she's from a different movie because uh, she's a black woman that feels like she's out of like a black exploitation movie the way she's talking to him at first cuz like she says stuff to him like i wrote i wrote she was like ah oh, this is oh what was it honky paradise you're living in honky paradise <laughs> this is cool <laughs> yeah and like she's just like cursing a lot so it just it was like kind of jarring like um but but uh, uh, the story goes on. Uh, she, he, she introduces him to this guy named Butch, and it's like, oh, we're we're people. You know, there are other people. You're not alone. He gets captured by the uh, the vampires. The vampires in this thing. I haven't talked about them yet. They're nuts because they don't have fangs, so they're not vampires. They're not. Zombies, they're kind of just cultists. They all wear black robes. They all look like fucking uh Uncle Fester. They're all wearing like black cloaks and they all look like albinos. Like all their hair's white, their skin's white, they have like white eyes, but they're always wearing very dark sunglasses. It makes no sense. And they're, like, It was the 70s. They were were limited in what they could do. Because there had to be a lot of them,
0: right? Were there a lot of them?
1: Yeah. So you can't have, like,
0: elaborate makeup on, like, dozens of people.
1: Yeah, but the thing was, like, beyond the book, all these people are 100% conscious. They are all talking normally, (laughs) like, regular... Yeah. And it's really just played as like this is a cult kind of, um, so uh, uh, but but similarly to the to the movie, he they get a kid that ha he's infected. It takes a while for the infecta- uh, the infection. Oh, so in this movie too, Robert Neville is a uh, military scientist with guns. So. With guns. Well, he was in the military mm-hmm. and was working on a cure before all hell broke loose. Uh, so he's still working on a cure. He injects this kid with a cure, uh, who's like coming down with this and they're monitoring him. Him and Lisa, the this woman, uh, they fall in love and they you know, they're about to make out, but then like, you know, the the bad guys bust in. And it's like, oh, we can't make out. We got to fight the bad guys. But then later they make out. I'm like, oh, wow all right. They're making out, uh, which I was surprised to see Charlton Heston making out with a black lady. Yeah, I would think that that would not be something he would be up for. So kudos to him. But then it like cuts in the next morning and she's getting up from bed. Hundred percent nude complete nudity in this movie wow you get to see a naked lady in this movie
0: that doesn't happen in i am legend i will tell you that much
1: in- exactly um uh, so you see her naked for a while she's naked later um uh yeah a bunch of other stuff happens oh i have in my notes you see the lady naked and there's a weird voiceover oh he says to her while they're like uh screwing uh, you know, it's been a long time. I'm not sure how this... I'm not sure I remember how this goes. But it's like very obviously a voiceover. Like you can see both their lips the entire time. And they aren't moving. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, I don't know. A bunch of other stuff happens. He cures Richie. That's the kid. Uh. She goes out. Lisa goes out. Uh. He arms himself to the teeth. Uh, He tells the vampires capture him. He tells them like, I have a cure. And they're like, we don't want a cure. We're good. Uh, There's a main vampire in this called, uh, uh, like, Matthias, which I don't know if that was a play on Matheson. Mm. Um, But anyway, towards the end of the movie, and this is what I was talking about with the credits, where I was like, this movie's got like nine minutes left. Where's this going? Because all of a sudden Lisa reveals that, you know, like the book, she was a vampire the whole time. They never use the term vampire. There's never anything about garlic, any of that stuff. Right. No no fangs, nothing. Like, and it's not I'm okay zombie. With that. It's just weird because you don't get, uh, like, a footing on like, wait, why are these how is this spreading and how are these people bad? Because all I can tell is that they're very pale and now they wear black cloaks, but they talk normally and they just talk about this like it's a cult. Right. Um well maybe they just wanted to keep it ambiguous. Uh, they, they capture him. Oh, so Lisa, you know, it's revealed she was a vampire the whole time. There's no explanation as to like, wait, was she wearing makeup? Like in the book? Like, how did she hide? It's just all of a sudden like, nope, she's got pale white skin and her black afro is now just pure white. And no explanation as to how she was hiding all of this from... Uh, a man she was very intimate with. But anyway, uh, they capture him. And I did like this line. They they talk about how they're tearing everything down. Oh, I so an early note that I skipped was I wondered, I was like, this movie almost seems like it's about, you know, quote unquote, cancel culture. Because all the zombies. Could you imagine like,
0: Charlton Heston's take on cancel culture these uh, days? Exactly. Jesus Christ.
1: Because all the zombie vampires, like, he looks out the window and they're, like, burning down the library and the museum. Is he like, not
0: and, the Robert E. Lee statue. Is nothing <laughs> sacred?
1: Uh, no, and one of the bad guys, I did write this down. Uh, he says, we mean to cancel the world you civilized people made. Whoa. Yeah, so I was like, oh, this is all right. Like, uh, this is very relevant right now, all of a sudden. Um, so, uh, they eventually capture Charlton Hessen. And one of the lines that I did really like is that, uh, the, main vampire, uh, uh, Matthias is like, we're gonna, we're burning everything down that you made and we're going to build it up. We're going to build it up the way, you know, we want it. And now we must build and uh, uh, Charlton Heston, cool as a cucumber, says to him, "Build coffins. That's what. That's all you need." Because he's like, "I'm gonna kill yeah, you."
0: I understand. Uh, coffins, but
1: where that, you put dead people. But <laughs> but then, out of nowhere, uh, that guy Matthias throws a spear from like a third floor balcony at uh, Charlton Heston. He's washing the whole time, but it sticks right in him. <laughs> And then he just is, like, dying in a fountain for, like, I don't know, seemingly, like, half a day. Because then Butch and all these kids that, you know, you didn't know there were still kids. But it's like, oh, we had kids. Uh, they they come up and they're like, oh, shit. Looks like you got real fucked up. And he's like, yeah, but here's, here's you know, like a, a mason jar of my blood. And that has the cure. And they're like, all right, well sucks at you're dying uh and then he just he just dies in 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 the fountain and the fountain is like all bloody so it's like spouting blood and everything yikes um and there's like happy music playing though like like the the happy version of the uh mash theme song suicide it sounds is like famous? that yeah i guess it's all it sounds happy but yeah. it's not happy um, it's like that kind of music. I,
0: I'm often offering people mason jars full of my blood, claiming it has the cure. <laughs> Nobody's taken me up on it yet. Tom, did you know the fountain from the Friends sitcom was built over the fountain that Neville dies in? Really? I mean, according oh my to IMDb God. trivia, which is suspect at best.
1: No, I mean, that makes sense. I remember in the beginning of this movie, the, the WB logo, yeah. uh, you know, so... And it, it
0: went, meow, 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 And was Ross and Rachel in this movie?
1: No, but in the Friends opening, you never see the dark side of the fountain. Mm. You never see what's on the other side. Robert could Neville's be, dead body. <laughs> You could be Robert Neville's dead body. And before Charlton he goes to take, was on Friends. It's true. He, he, uh, when he goes to like take all of them on, he does put on like a weird jumpsuit and then a captain's hat, which was also very strange. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're supposed to be a colonel, but what he's wearing isn't what a colonel <laughs> would wear. I know he's a lot of guns in this thing. He's like frequently machine gunning people, and it's like a, incredibly graphic when they show somebody getting machine gunned in the in the way of like that's not what blood looks like. <laughs> Blood's not that thick. It was the seventies, Tom. You don't know what blood was like. Everything was different. That's. That's true. At one point, when he thinks he's going crazy, when he when he after he saw the mannequin, well, the woman Lisa, who was, he thought was a mannequin, Lisa Kudrow? he does say to himself, "This is how it starts: the trip to the Laughing Academy."
0: <laughs> a real cool with it thing to say.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd like to think of uh, you know uh, going completely insane as a trip to the Laughing Academy. Yeah. But it does have his neighbor saying Neville oh. outside all the time, which I did like. Yeah,
0: that was my favorite part of the book. Yeah. His goofball neighbor being like, Hey, come out, buddy. <laughs>
1: come outside. Weather's fine. So, so
0: what do you what would you give it what did you put in your movie book for the Omega oh, Man?
1: Oh I don't know, maybe a C It had some really cool parts, but then just, like, a lot of, like, bullshit filler parts. Yeah.
0: C is what I gave uh, It Chapter (laughs) 2.
1: There's also a part I forgot where... One of the uh, vampires is, fi- you know, vampire zombie. They never explain what they are. Mm-hmm. But he's finally, they they figured out where Neville lives, how to get to him. And they're climbing up to the third floor of the, uh, and again, very similar to I Am Legend. He's in a townhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, they're climbing up. The freaking vampire zombie guy, the big reason why you're like, oh, shit, now he's onto something. He's going up there with a handgun. (laughs) He's like, oh, I'm going to shoot him. It's like, well, no, that's not what zombies and vampires do. I think you are
0: being a little too, like, look, man, maybe it doesn't, they don't fit into the box of traditional science fiction and horror uh movies and in in literature. These are their own things that you have to just accept on their own terms.
1: That sometimes they just need a, a gun. Yeah. I do want to mention my favorite uh I forgot my favorite exchange from this. They go into like a, a drugstore that's covered in cobwebs. They're you know, just seeing what they can scavenge. Uh and uh the the woman Lisa says to him are you ready for this? And he says, what is it? And she holds it up and she goes, birth control pill. This is after the first time they've had sex. And then it's just like 30 seconds of both of them maniacally laughing.
0: I don't understand.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and then it just cuts away to another scene where I'm like, I don't understand what the joke there is. Like, is the joke that she couldn't possibly get pregnant because nothing in this movie has... (laughs) uh implied that to this point and like they did have sex it
0: was the 70s man with things didn't mean yeah yeah
1: i i don't know i think i it it struck me as like uh we got to put something relevant in there was a part in
0: i am legend uh the film with will smith where um he would always have I guess tapes that presumably they had the, they had the timestamps on them. So presumably he went to 30 Rockefeller Plaza and stole them of like uh, old episodes of the today show. So um, one of the very first faces that you see in the movie is Matt Lauer, um, you know, laughing it up with Katie Curris.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, that's age. Well, I mean, and beyond the fact that Matt Lauer is obviously, we all know a, a bad man, um I've talked about this so often. I hate putting real newscasters in movies. But what this was, he was watching
0: like old tapes from like nineteen ninety nine or whatever. I think for a sense of normalcy. So like I think it was actually an actual a real broadcast. I don't think Matt Lauer came in and filmed scenes for the movie. But even even still you're making Well it's a today show too. I mean there were they were goofing about some bullshit. It wasn't like,
1: but you're making a big budget movie. Just have the second unit spend a day filming a fake TV. No, show. No,
0: I, I actually appreciated that.
1: Well, you, you've just missed Matt Lauer on the air ever I since just, he's been, you gone. know,
0: it, I know he did bad things, but uh, he, was, he brought <laughs> comfort to me and my loved ones. Um, if you, if everybody in the world died and you felt you were the last man on earth, what would you have um, as, what would be your main number one comfort watch?
1: Hmm. It would have to be something I'd have on physical media, which I can, don't feel you like. you can it.
0: get on physical media. But it's not like that there's I a tower get. records you could go to and, and, and pick up some DVDs.
1: Uh it'd probably be peep show mm-hmm. I mean that's my comfort watch normally, but I feel like that especially is just such a like normal world, yeah, <laughs> like such a mundane it would have to be something like that, just very mundane
0: um. Mine. Like I
1: feel, I feel like in the in the apocalypse, I would not be into Marvel movies. No. So I'd be like, Nah, I can't imagine what that would be like. Now, now I just uh, uh thirst for the most mundane, down to earth things. Yeah.
0: In the beginning of all this COVID stuff, when I was terrified that like literally everything would turn into an I am Legend situation, I had like coworkers who were like, "I'm watching Contagion tonight." and I was just like go yeah. to hell fuck you on that note any <laughs> any uh any
1: uh oh i would like to say that they they hit on the theme of i am legend pretty early on uh i feel like it's like a half hour in where uh i can't tell from my notes right now but like it's pretty explicitly put out of like oh these creatures are not subhuman at all and they're terrified of him he just spends his days going around killing them and they're like no you're the monster Mm. like we're just trying to be goth or whatever (laughs) from this disease we have
0: kind of like i don't care hippies eat it
1: yeah i'm gonna machine gun you from a from a, a convertible well, sure. So that's all. I just felt it was weird that they hit on the theme so early and it's like, we don't see this as the theme. Yeah.
0: I mean, they tried to somewhat shoehorn the theme into I Am Legend, the movie, um, where at the end they were like, and the woman has the... Uh, I, I should learn the the name of the character, but I'm not going to at this point. Um was uh, she goes to the Survivor's Colony, and she's like, I brought the serum direct, uh that was developed by Robert Neville. He is the legend. He worked tirelessly. Yeah. Um, Anna is her name.
1: Right. Yeah, and it's like, well, no, he, that's not the legend he was. He was a legend because he was a monster-killing sick people (laughs) that were terrified of him
0: well on that note tom thank you for bringing me along on this journey um thank you for making me watch and read this stuff It was way better than outlander which we will never speak of again
1: (laughs) i'm sure we will
0: um you're gonna put up a poll for the next book
1: yes uh uh, the theme is uh, black sci-fi. Ooh! So uh, uh, there's going to be a bunch of uh, uh, black sci-fi authors that I haven't read, but I've been interested in reading. And uh, you know, for this one, I'm going to put a little uh, description of what the book's about so people don't just vote for whatever they've heard of.
0: Nice. Yeah, Which maybe is, that should be good uh, practice I mean, I'm moving not, forward.
1: I think so, and I'm not crapping on people who just vote for what they've heard of. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. That's what I do in actual <laughs> uh, elections. <laughs> exactly. So I'm gonna put like a little book description, and then we can pick uh, what what the what the most interesting tale seems to be. Sounds good. All right. Well, um,
0: hey everybody. Uh, sound off in the comments and uh, vote on the thing. It's so hot in this room. I'm going to die.
1: Well, vote on the thing with the poll. Sound off in the comments for this. Of uh, if uh, Yeah, if you read the book or watch the movies, what do you think about yeah, it? Yeah,
0: stop talking. I had to get out of this room, Tom. Um, thank you for being patrons, everybody. We love you very much. And we'll see you next week in
1: Booktown. Bye.